0: It's wonderful to be here.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, some you, I some of you, not, some of you I know, and uh, I was part of Forest Hill uh, Community Church for a few years, and uh, moved back up north of the river to civilization. And um, why well, yeah, it's better up there? The air. It? Yeah. It's better um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm now at King's Cross, uh, pastoring a church there, and living in Islington. Uh, I've been doing that for about five years now. So that's kind of where I'm at. Oh. So this is one of my favourite films about angels. Anyone seen it? Yeah. It got remade with Nick Cage. But don't watch that one. Okay, This is, this is in German. Subtitles. Brilliant film. <coughs> it's not a Christian film. It's just a great film. Um, but I, I just thought I'd ask you a question at the beginning. What films do you remember that have got angels in them? It's a Wonderful Life. It's a
0: Wonderful
1: <laughs> Life. <laughs> okay, so Wonderful Life, Christmas film, uh, Clarence the, the Angel, yeah. Oh, no. Any other films? City of Angels. City of Angels. Is that the Brazilian one? Oh, that's the, was the remake of... Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. They call it that. Kind of that There's by also by City of... No, it's Touched the City of God, angels. the Brazilian one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any Touched other angels? Touched by Angel. Time. Touched by an Angel. What is that got in it? TV series. Yes. I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we well, well, a bracket around it. Tell okay, us about angel.
0: Immortals.
1: Sorry. Angels and everything? Yeah. Angels <laughs> <a pretty> <laughs> and, and everything. I that's great. Um, the, uh, is it the preacher's wife? Um, the preacher's wife. That's the preacher's wife. That's the the wife. That's uh, so Whitney and uh, Denzel. Denzel. Yeah preacher's wife. It's actually a, have a remake, isn't it, is, of another one, but uh, that's, the, that's the well-known one, the preacher's wife. Angel comes down to help her out. And... Oh, yes. ghost. 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 Is that about angels, though?
0: Yes. Is there an angel in it as well? Okay. Is she actually an angel? No, she's a
2: ghost. She's a ghost. Oh, she was in the one I saw. <laughs> 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 I've got a bracket round <laughs> there. It's a different
1: bracket than that bracket.
2: We'll...
1: <laughs> okay. Something. What, was that? what oh, yeah. song? What... Christmas. Christmas. Oh, Christmas carol. Christmas carol, Angel of Christmas Future and all that. Oh, Spirit of Christmas Future, isn't it? Maybe we'll put Christmas carol. Okay. What songs can you remember which have got Angels in them. Robbie, Robbie Williams, Williams. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Angels. <laughs> That's the obvious one, isn't it? Robbie
2: Williams. Carols. Angels from North glory. Yeah, kind
1: of pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. <Angel>. Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> Did he? Hey, yeah, Jimmy Hendrix. Rusty covered it. Wow, at- fantastic. Jimmy, he's dating you there, isn't it? Jimi Hendrix, Angel. Tomorrow, heaven must be missing an angel. I don't know that one, but it's missing an angel. Any other
0: name?
1: else? Angel Baby. Angel Baby. I don't know. How does that go? Angel Baby. Who who sings that? Um,
2: Percy. Dean
1: Martin? (laughs) Dean Martin? (laughs) You're not old enough to know (laughs) Angel Baby by Dean Martin. (laughs) What? What if you had that as your only information? What would you think about angels? Wings. Wings. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? What would, you, what would you learn? What would you think about angels if this is the information you had? But
2: Bruce Good. Kind.
1: Bruce Almighty is that by angels,
2: isn't it? Um, no, uh, mm. Oh yeah. Is it? Like it okay,
1: yeah. Well, for sure. Is it?
2: Okay.
1: We'll add it to the list. Okay. Bruce, <laughs> does, <yeah>. Bruce Almighty.
0: <laughs> Oh, I've got the
1: question mark in a bracket, okay? Uh, so they're good. Um Wonderful Life, they're a bit kind of weak and a bit kind of not that strong. City of Angels, what do you get about angels? What about Touched by an Angel, what do you get from that? From
2: They always did good and they're in difficult situations.
1: Immortals, what do you find about angels from them?
2: What,
1: they, what would they show you
2: what's going on in the heavenly realm. Yeah. Is it a Christian? Film? It's not. No, no, um, I'm
1: just asking. I don't know.
2: No, I wouldn't say it is. No, it's okay, but
1: but are they, are they show you what's going on in the heavenly yeah, realm. Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. How they're protecting and what they're fighting. Protecting,
1: against as well. fighting against.
2: Yeah. There's one film missing off of that The Star. It came out as a children's
1: film. Children's film? Right. About this. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll put a bracket around that. The star. Right? So you find out a few things about angels. Christmas Carol. What would you find out? Teach you thing. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Almighty. What were the angels in that? I can't remember. Can't remember. It's Robbie Williams. Mm-hmm. What would you learn from his song? It's
2: good no. Funerals.
1: Good for funerals. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most popular song played at funerals. No. No. Is it? Yeah.
2: Recording, yeah. 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 obviously. Yeah. He doesn't
1: yeah. turn up live for everything. <laughs> <day. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a woman, obviously, it's his mum, I think, isn't it? Um, he sings about well, Hendrix, what was he singing about an angel? Mm-hmm. Angel
0: came
1: down yeah. from heaven Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can set fire to <laughs> it and smash it. Okay, yeah. Angel <laughs> Baby, what would you learn about angels from Angel
0: Baby?
1: It's calling a woman an angel. Yeah, it's a woman an angel. So it's like a Into, Yeah, so you you like baby doll, angel big, darling, doll whatever, just kind of a term for a, a woman that you're in love with so we've got a number of different things now the problem is that a lot of our ideas about angels come from the culture I mean we can't to whether they've got wings in a few moments uh, okay um, and we get a lot of ideas from there just as if we're looking at, we're not looking at demons but if we were, we'd get a lot of ideas about demons from Hollywood films you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, that's where we get our ideas from a lot of people, not actually from the scriptures. So if, our imagination is filled with all these images. And so, <clears throat> you know, if, you, if we work, I'm getting off the subject, if we're going to go into the, the, the deliverance ministry to get our, our opinions formed by by Hollywood, doesn't really help us to set people free from evil spirits. So we're going to, there's a lot of Bible passages I'm going to go through. I'm not going to read them all out. Um, I'm just going to give you an overview. So, there's a lot of content, and we do have some handouts for you at the end. Yeah. So, you concentrate. You have at you. I mean, has got right. all that stuff on it? You know what? It's got all that stuff on it. Okay. So, all the references are there if you just want to, to, um, to um, chase them up. So, Malak is the word for angel, it means a messenger in Hebrew. They are created beings, they haven't always existed. Um, they are not ultimate. Colossians talks about everything was created. Th- things seen and unseen were created. So they're part of the create. they part of the creation. They're not part of the physical creation, but they're part of the creation. They're not ultimate beings like God. They're not eternal. They are created, and this is really important when we come later on to know our attitude and relationship to angels. They're non-corporeal. What I mean by that, they're not physical. They might manifest. Mm-hmm. Reveal themselves as something you can touch, but they're they're spiritual beings. Uh, Psalm hundred four talks about them being winds, flames of fire, so that they're not necessarily physical things. However, they can manifest. Now, Thomas Aquinas was a theologian of the Middle Ages, and he famously had a discussion on how many angels you could fit on the head of a pin. <coughs> now, people make fun of him for this. Uh, often. But I want you to think about it for a moment. How many of us could fit on the head of a pin? Right? I mean, none, okay? No. But oh. you could try. Maybe. It is a big pin uh, It's a big <laughs> thing. So if angels don't have bodies, physical bodies, if they're not physical beings, how many can fit on the head of a pin? Infinite.
0: Like,
1: yeah, infinite. Who knows? I mean, they could all fit in the same space on top of the head of the pin. His point was. If you are being ministered to by angels, how many of them are around you at one time? We're going to talk about how many angels are there following you down the street, right? Okay. I mean, they're not not physical beings. So like, you're next to each other. So you might see you're walking down the street, next to each other. Imagine you had five angels. They could all be in the same space as you. They're They're not limited physically. Uh, we used to have a, an alleyway near where we lived in West London. And it's one of these alleys, about this big, and it connected two streets. In the daytime, I was quite happy to walk down it. I did not walk down it at night. Okay, that would be stupid, right? Because if, you, if you're walking down someone behind you, somewhere in front of you, you are trapped. And uh, so it's stupid to do that. But I often used to use it as <coughs> illustration, because when you're walking down that alleyway, imagine you're walking down it, but you've got your big mate with you. And he's six foot, he's a paratrooper, you know, he works out, and you think, well, I'm going to walk down there with him. You know, I'm okay with that, because no, nothing's going to happen to me. Well, you've got him and a multitude of angels. All in the same space. Because they don't have physical bodies. So people make fun of this discussion at Aquinas. It's just his way of putting it, that they don't have physical bodies. So you have I don't know how many. Uh, infinite. Bible talks about multitudes without <laughs> done. And so that's what's available. That's what's real in in the world. So just want you just to say that there. They're often called the sons of God in the scriptures. Doesn't mean they're the son of God like Jesus is, but they're called the sons of God in some parts of the scriptures like Job. They're referred to as gods. I thought capital G shouldn't have done, of course. Uh,
0: <laughs> um,
1: <coughs> Let me just uh, read this to you because this is an important one. Um, Psalm 82. It says, um, God presides in the great assembly, he gives judgment among the gods. Verse 6 I said, You're gods, you're all sons of the Most High, but you'll all die like mere men, you'll fall like every other ruler. So there seems to be two meanings there in that passage in Psalm 82, certainly, that it's about spiritual beings and about human rulers and the connection between the two. So you saying, you call yourself gods, you treat yourself like gods, as human beings, or as divine spirits. And of course, in the cultures of that time, most human kings and rulers considered themselves divine. You know, if you're the Roman emperor, later the Roman emperor, would be divine. If you're the king of Babylon, you would be divine. You'd be a kind of divine person and throne. And so there's a kind of connection between human and the divine and is the idea that behind the kingdoms and the rulers and the nations there are spiritual beings as well so that's what it's talking about there often appears as a man obviously, and a man came and wrestled with Jacob that's, that's God but you know uh, in the book of uh, Revelation a man appears and talks to John and reveals things to him a man appears to uh, Ezekiel or Daniel or Jeremiah a man it's an angel but appears like a man Now, does that mean they're male? We'll come to that later on. Okay, but that's the appearance. Do they have wings? Well, cherubim have, seraphim have. Do angels have? It doesn't say so. They might. (coughs) Okay, you might. But if you saw a man turning up, an angel, and he had huge wings, you'd probably mention it. So a lot of the appearances of angels don't have wings. The idea of wings seems to come in from pagan religions, that people say, "Oh, well, maybe they're like these these spirits and these gods that are around, and maybe they're they're similar." So like, the idea in art and paintings and carvings kind of came in that added wings to them. certainly there's references to wings to cherubim and seraphim, which we'll come to later on, because there are other kinds of spiritual beings besides <laughs> angels. So that's kind of like just an overview right at the beginning. People call it angelology, the what, the study of angels. A lot of different things are created. They're not physical. Uh, they have different names referring to them. They often appear like a human being, like a, a man. Um, any questions from so far? If you haven't, that's fine. It's going to go. We're we'll going through really quick. Okay, there's a lot of stuff to get through.
2: Are they different? The
1: Going to come to that later. Is there a hierarchy? I'll come to that later. Yeah. Good question. Yes.
2: Please could be open the door? So it's yes. The
1: She's got a fan.
0: <laughs>
1: we're well, well prepared. You've been here before. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's move on to the next one, eh? It's okay if there's no questions, it's fine. I'm gonna rush through a few things. Now I'm gonna get you to talk to each other in a minute please. So they're part of created reality. And Colossians talks about things seen and unseen were created by God. And it's like an iceberg. This is an image I would use. And this actually comes from a guy called Morton Kelsey. Is he there? There he is, Morton Kelsey. talks (laughs) about the iceberg. So the visible part of reality that you and I can see and interact with is like the bit at the top of the iceberg. And there's this whole hidden part of reality that is the spiritual realm. And if anything, it is bigger. I don't know what the Bible says it's bigger. That's kind of my opinion. But but (coughs) it's bigger than or certainly as important or as huge as what we can see and so we can interact with it but it is a a hidden, we don't normally see it if you think about the book of Job um, the devil turns up right in heaven that's a whole other subject you can think about and says to God, look, Job only worships you because he's, he's prosperous if he took everything away, he'd deny you but that's going on in the heavenly realms and he talks about the sons of God coming before God in his courtroom in heaven and the devil turns up as well because he's a created being as well and so he comes up and challenges God and as a counterpart now Job never finds out on the earth why he went through all that mess it says at the end things got restored to him but he never finds out on the earth why he went through that mess we know because we read the book Okay, so but there's a challenge there's a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare a couple of you already mentioned that tonight while we were talking before that session began there's a counterpart between the visible and the invisible, the seen and the unseen Mm. and things happen in the heavenly realm that are mirrored or reflected in the earthly realm and vice versa remember what Jesus said, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven so we can do things here which will affect the spiritual realm but also things happen in the spiritual realm that affect us. And a lot of times we're not aware of it. Sometimes we have visions, revelations, experiences where we do become aware of it. But often we're not. How many of them are there? Well, in Luke it talks about a multitude. I don't know how big that is, but it's quite a lot. So we don't know how many. Um, but there's a load of them. Do they have names? Well, there's a couple of names. Michael and Gabriel. A warrior in Daniel. Messenger Gabriel coming to uh, to, uh, to Mary. Um, in the Bible, to my knowledge, you can correct me if I'm wrong. From Bible scholars here tonight, I don't think there are any other named angels. The Catholic Church have a whole section called the Apocrypha, which kind of comes between the Old and the New Testament. And in there, there's a couple of other angels mentioned. I think Raphael is one. Yeah. So, and then within the, the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox traditions, there's a whole bunch of other named angels. <coughs> So if, if you're from Catholic or Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox background, you may have that in your background. In Does your Lucifer count? Well, could be. Yeah, it could that's be. Yeah, is he a fallen angel? Yeah. So that's the whole thing. I, I don't want you, I, I, This is a short. This is half of a presentation I gave. Uh, we have a thing called street level theology in my church, which I do once a month or so, and I did a whole thing on angels and demons so you're just getting half of it tonight so I'm, I'm resisting temptation to kind of go down that route um, but yeah, it could be angel it could be Lucifer um, but a lot of us bring stuff that, um, that we learn from our religious backgrounds into it and it may or may not be true may or may not be helpful um, it's not from the scriptures so I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing, I'm not saying we shouldn't use that but I'm wanting to say let's stick to what the Bible says so I, I, I kind of, on this issue, I'm warning against speculation. Okay, if, if I, the one message I want to give you tonight is let's not get trapped in speculation in kind try, of trying to invent stuff. In, what if this? What if this? What, what about that? Um, there's things that we might like to know and the Bible doesn't tell us. Okay, we can imagine things, but it doesn't tell us. So it's, we have to be wary of not only in this issue but all kinds of areas of putting something onto it that that isn't in the Bible Um, and and not going further I would say not going further than the Bible goes because there's a lot of speculation a lot of teachings a lot of different groups that would want to teach things and it may or may not be true but I don't have any way of finding out if it's true unless it's in the Bible it might be just their brilliant idea I need one person who wrote a book and they taught how to Anoint with oil. i back on to deliverance from evil spirits. Again, but <laughs> and they said, they have a diagram of a hat of an arm, and you have to cover the arm to the, from the hand to the elbow in oil all the way around." They had a diagram of the oil on. And it's like that's the only way you can anoint with oil to get rid of an evil spirit. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't really read that in the Bible. You know? um, Jesus just told them to leave, and they left. You know, no, 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 you know, no kind of rituals or. Weird things, you know. Uh, I know people who have had oil put in their eyes, pepper put in their eyes to try and get evil spirits. People <laughs> beaten with sticks to get rid of evil spirits. You know, Jesus didn't do that. So I don't see why I should have to. You know, it's just adding things from our own culture, our own religious background, our own traditions. Yes. So they're seeing God. Now, you know, everyone sees God dies, but they're seeing God. <coughs> The counterpart <coughs> between the seen and the unseen the film Wings of Desire uh, is just a brilliant thing, uh, it's not biblical but there's a brilliant scene there where it's got people researching in libraries people, <coughs> people being heartbroken and behind the one next to them there's an angel like, almost like turning the pages of the book as they're studying or they're doing scientific research or, or they're heartbroken and there's an angel, they're just putting his hand on their shoulder and like, just trying to comfort them and and even when they commit suicide, the angel's there trying to comfort them. And it's a, I'm, I want, because the angel in the story falls in love with a human woman and leaves heaven and comes down to earth. It's a terrible, boring, stereotype, <coughs> cliche. But the first, it's pretty That's good. Uh, pretty good film. Uh, but not not the Nick Cage version.
2: I just saw another film. Yeah. Angels and Demons.
1: Oh, uh, with the, but there aren't actually any angels in it. No, no enough. It's just cold. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, is there a hierarchy? Right. So there's a spectrum or a variety of, of spiritual beings. Not going to go into all of it, but this is just some of the information there. Cherubim. Uh, we've got them around the ark. The statues of the cherubim around the ark. We've got them um, in Psalm eighteen. It talks about the, a cherubim as like God's. Horse, his steed that he rides in the clouds. And you can imagine, imagine kind of Robin Hood, or you know, uh, kind of uh, some kind of cowboy or warrior figure riding, <laughs> riding a cherubim, and it, Whoa, is it, God's on the way. And he's a warrior, and they protect. And the word comes from the word to bless or to be generous. So they're blessing, they're generous, they're protecting, they they convey God. Now God can go anywhere he likes without a cherubim, but. It's a lot cooler, isn't it, to write a cherubim? I mean, you know, it's fantastic to write a cherubim. I'd love to do that. (laughs) Seraphim, the word from Safar, means to burn or consume completely. Remember when they they come and bring the coal in Isaiah 6 to Isaiah's lips and purify him? They're burning, they're purifying. Um, They're praising in Isaiah 6. They're worshipping. They've got six wings. So it's not just the dude with the two wings hanging behind him. This is six wings. This is serious stuff. Covering (coughs) feet, (coughs) genitals, body, flying around. (coughs) And I'm not saying they look like that. It's just a medieval picture. (coughs) But um, they're doing this work of (coughs) purifying, burning, consuming, praising, worshipping. The worship is going on in heaven. We'll talk about worship in a moment. is there a hierarchy? well there are archangels and Michael is called an archangel I well, that they be probably better than coffee on it, my throat yeah. um, <coughs> Gabriel is not called an archangel, people think he was an archangel so there seems to be some kind of structure, some kind of hierarchy of angels um, more than that I don't think we can say from the Bible ok maybe there's more to it but I, I don't know myself um and then i put for abstractions and structures because <laughs> i wasn't sure what else to call it um it talks about um i'll just read to you uh, colossians one sixteen. 16 <clears throat> so are these beings this level or are they structures of existence i call it that um all things were created, things in heaven and earth visible and invisible, were the thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him. So, what are these thrones or powers or rulers or authorities? Are they demons? Are they angels? Charter, seraphim? Some people think that they're the, the structures of existence. Uh, in Romans it talks about height and depth. Or any other power. So height and depth, future and past in Romans 8, Romans 8 are Powers, and of course it, we wrestle against principalities and powers, and hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, in Ephesians six twelve. Those are the fallen ones. But there's a positive sense here in Colossians, where even the good structures of existence, the things that hold us together, were created by God, and they exist on the heavenly realm. I mean, I'll just give you a parallel. This is not biblical; it's just a way of understanding it. Um, and then we'll come to a a, bit of a discussion in a minute. Imagine you had uh, a a chair, okay, and then you've got another chair, uh, you know, and it's kind of like a, an armchair, okay, so kind of really nice and cozy. Uh, and then you know maybe you've got kind of like a, a big throne, you know, with a kind of uh, diamonds on it and you know gold and, and kind of padding and this kind of thing. It's a chair for the king. And, they're all chairs. What have they got in common? Well, you can all sit down on them. Sit down on yeah. them, yeah. They all serve the same purpose. Same purpose? Maybe four legs? Yeah. Support. Support. Okay. But they are all different, aren't they? So there's a dude, not a Christian, called Plato. And he said, behind all the physical and different chairs, there's a, an archetype or a form of a chair of the chair that is all the chairs have got that in common <clears throat> now <clears throat> I'm not saying that's the same as what the Bible's saying because it's not but I'm just trying to say there's this idea of these principalities and powers these thrones these dominions that exist in the heavenly realms in some way they're not necessarily angels with personality but they're there and they're holding things together on the earth and um, some of them are fallen some of them are positive some of them are negative but they're there holding the universe together in God's creation um, including height and depth you don't think of that as a power like an angel do you but it's called a power in Romans 8 just read it, height and depth and any other powers so height and depth past and present, future are powers in some way and he says angels or demons in that list as well angels, demons, demons present future, height and depth any other power, so they're all kind of listed together, so there's something going on in the heavenlies, which isn't just about angels or these other spiritual beings but something a bit more abstract, a bit more kind of philosophical or whatever it is holding the universe together and in some ways it can be fallen and that's where the whole spiritual warfare comes in and the final slide will pick that up again hopefully in a long time Okay. so what I would like you to do very very briefly is in pairs, think of one thing that you want to take away so far from what's been shared. And don't say, nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just make something up, okay? Just in pairs, just think of something that you want to take away from tonight so far. You don't have to share it with anyone else, just in pairs. Okay? You can a couple yeah. you can do a three? He
2: <laughs> 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 so <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I like that like I don't know that I, like I, I, like, I, so, I so I see <laughs> But that's reason is not it the in Oh, yes, sure. yeah. yes, yeah, <laughs> and Michael, and April, and just knowing what they're all there. It's more easy to um, yeah. mm-hmm. do, what they can do for us. It's making it real. It's trying to be a no the church. I mean
1: the yeah. the the oh, cherubim,
2: Oh, I've read about it. I like Yeah. i it, you and said that they don't yeah. hire all of, all of never, uh, never, the protectors. I'm, so warrior, warrior And that's why <laughs> I at the beginning of the story when God from the bottom, he sent said, he said, a cherubim <laughs> sword, sword. and he sent a cherubim here to he said, a sword, the head." he sent a sword, to to sword, so no one could see where the bottom is because it's flashing and lie. I'm not going <laughs> your to lie, the in the see the direction and he put a cherubim in to <laughs>
1: Okay, stop there. Okay, Okay. we're going to talk about something else in a minute. Their function: what what are angels for? (coughs) They're there to do God's will. (laughs) Okay. Does God need angels to do His will? No, He doesn't need it. He's he's all powerful, right? He can do anything He likes. Doesn't need He doesn't need you to do His will. You know, there's the example preachers often use of, imagine your dad washing the car and he brings you know, little, little Johnny around who's like five years old and says, do you want to help me wash the car? Says, yes, sir. And he, he gets water all over the place, doesn't clean anything of the car at all, but the dad's inviting him in to join him. So we're invited in to help God. He doesn't need our help at all. I don't know if it's the same attitude with angels, but he doesn't need angels but he chooses to use means and mediation he works through people he works through means he works through angels he works through stuff sometimes he just declares something but often he'll work through something in between they reveal God's glory we're just talking about that they're in God's presence they manifest it they reveal his presence the angel of his presence is referred to in Isaiah 63 the angel of his presence so he can just convey his presence through his Holy Spirit, obviously but sometimes he chooses to convey his presence to us, the feeling of his presence, we know he's present all the time, but we know there's the felt presence there's the manifest presence of God so the felt is when you feel it the manifest is when it's kind of visible and you can see it and touch it and, and it's manifest, it's kind of out there but he's there all the time, but he can use angels to manifest or help it to be a felt presence doesn't have to do that, he can just act directly but sometimes he chooses to use these other things it brings God's glory it expands our vision of his glory you might say, oh yeah, God's got glory imagine you then saw multitudes of angels, you might say yeah, he really has got glory, I mean you'd be really kind of astounded by that they worship they worship we can join in the worship of heaven I mean, I'll I'll just read to you this verse, um Hebrews twelve twenty two, and I'll, I'll read you another verse as well um, in a moment. Yeah. <coughs> I'm probably looking for all these. This is why I'm not looking for all the patches because <laughs> we'll be here all night. But um, yeah. Yeah. you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of living of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn. Blah blah blah. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful. you come. You join the angels, and and then in, in, in Corinthians it says, "This is one of these weird passages. Nobody knows really what it means." But you know where it talks about <coughs> women having a head covering, okay? Because mm-hmm. of the angels, I'm not going to go into the head coverings. Okay, forget that. Okay, because you're all being trouble, right? But um, <coughs> um but there's a sense in which Paul's saying because the angels are going to be there. When you meet, so you better actually. What it seems to refer to in that context is married women wearing a head coverings as a sign of their marriage status. So they're not sexually available. In our culture, it might be wedding ring. Other cultures, it may be other things that signify. You know, I'm not. I'm not around for, for that. You know, uh, I'm I'm married. You know, um, what that does is that means she then has authority to operate in the heavenly realms herself. She has a sign of her own authority on her head. Because women have authority in Christ to operate into the spiritual realms, to do spiritual warfare, to interact and drive out demons, and all of that. So it's kind of a meaning for that. But the idea I'm just wanting to draw out now is that angels are thought of as being present in our gatherings. So when we're worshipping, there are angels around. And we come to the thousands and thousands of angels when they're worshipping. So there's interactivity going on. So I just want you to think again. In pairs, what difference would that make to you if, when you're gathered for your little house group or on a Sunday morning or whenever it is, Bible study on Friday nights, is it? Yeah, whatever it is, (coughs) there are thousands and thousands of angels there because remember they're non corporeal, so you can fit all of them in your house. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
0: All right. you've come on a
1: Friday night Bible study, Wednesday night house group Sunday morning church service you have come to thousands and thousands of angels in assembly worshipping God and they're watching you and they're joining in and you're joining in them so when you turn the band strike up and they plug the electric guitar and they go Blong. they're just joining in the worshipers in heaven so what difference would that make to us if you really switched that on in our heads just in that like in pair just for a minute. Threes if you can't find a pair. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, as you said, if you to do then
1: where am I looking?
2: Twelve twenty-two. Oh, I'm just going
1: to do it again. Okay. <laughs> well,
2: if you know that, they're there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <you know> that. <laughs> it's the wrong way
2: around. Which, Which one's that? <laughs> this
1: one.
0: Your, uh, that one's the wrong way around. Oh, That's
1: yeah, right. yeah, sorry. yeah. There you go. Sorry. Good, sorry. thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
2: honestly might worry for the the I the when I'm the the i the the I the 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 I do for the 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 exactly. the I the 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 I the 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 yes yeah and yeah. it's yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just going to go through a couple of slides very quickly, okay? Um, angels' relationship to us, warfare. The Lord is called the Lord of Hosts, uh, Sabaoth, Lord Almighty. It means the Lord of Hosts, angel armies. So his name, Lord Almighty, is a translation of Sabaoth, Lord of Hosts. He helps, the angels help us. They bring revelation. We don't need to have revelation, prophecy, and vision prophecy dreams to angels, but it's one of the ways in which they come to us. We can have a direct vision, but sometimes we have an angelic visitation. Um, <clears throat> there's the council of Yahweh, the counsel of the Lord. So uh, Micaiah the prophet gets an insight into the council of the Lord in Kings. Jeremiah says uh, to the false prophet, if you went into the council chamber of the Lord, you would know what he was saying, but you haven't been. You're just making it up. Mm. So there's this idea of this council chamber of the Lord where, where the Lord Yahweh is is kind of like discussing or turning over things with his angels in the council chamber and if you're a prophet one of the ways of getting revelation, not all prophets but is by getting access into the council chamber of the Lord like almost like overhearing what's going on and then bringing it back so <clears throat> angels can convey it and also the idea of the council chamber of the Lord they can bring salvation, they can bring judgment <coughs> including the last judgment they're used in that as well so, it's kind of nice things, but also not nice things. So, you know, the angels go out and gather the elect, the chosen from the four corners of the earth. But they also visit judgment as well in history, but also at the end of the age as well. So, there's a whole bunch of things that they're doing. They're here to help us, they're ministering servants sent to us uh, to help us out. Now, the question then is can we call them and say, I want some angels, God? Or angels, come now. Or do we have that ability? I don't think there's any examples of that in the Bible. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, but just we have to be careful on what we do. So
2: if we started to sing, they might join in. Yeah, it's a great point.
1: Fantastic. Not one of sing. Well, They they might make it better, you know. (laughs) The thing with the singing, Uh, they they can't sing the songs that we sing. We sing a song of redemption. That's right. In Peter, it says they've longed to look into this. They don't know about salvation. They know about salvation, but they haven't experienced it they can bring salvation to people they can bring judgment to people but they can't be saved yeah. mm-hmm. and so they don't know yeah, they <laughs> couldn't sing along with the song that's about. Them. in that sense yeah you might be right there eh? oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> troublemaker really <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Pete>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> humanity's relation to angels <laughs> do we have guardian angels <laughs> now there's this yeah. passage where the angels are the little ones are referred to by Jesus. Now, there is a debate about what this means. you're talking about little ones meaning children. Some people think it means just people in general. Some people think it means weak people, little ones. Some people think it means just, just believers. So there are different interpretations of that verse. So I'm just saying, don't leap too quickly to that verse to say we've all got guardian angels. Um, I think probably we have. Based on that, but I just think we've got to be careful. What does it mean? And it's not immediately obvious what it's <laughs> talking about. Do not worship angels. Book of Revelation. John's days. Like, I'm going to so bow going to bow and I worship this thing that's talking to me. I said no, I don't do that. I'm just a servant like you. You know, come on. So they're not there to worship. I, I, met, I was doing some door-to-door evangelism in Hackney, and this guy opened his door and invited me, in, and he says, "Yeah, I belong to this particular church cult." And um, uh, he, op- he had a cupboard under his stairs. He said I've got my altar in there. And, oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he had little colored uh, candles. And he said, that, Yeah, if I want something particular, I'll light a candle for the particular angel that I want the answer from. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I said, oh, okay, fine. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know. It's got the, worshiping, praying to angels, all that kind of thing, it can become kind of a false kind of religion. But we're not there to worship. They do attend our worship, but we're not supposed to worship them. We're actually a little made a little lord of the angels in some senses, it says. But we're also we will judge angels, Paul says. So we've made a little law of the angels for a time. But we will judge angels and they learn from us. I think as Pete it says. This, they long to look into these things that we have experienced. They don't know about it. They don't know the joy of salvation. I mean, they don't know the pain of sin. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> unless you're a fallen angel, but <clears throat> they they learn from us. Um, they're involved in prayers in our intercessions. Daniel talks about the the, the prince of uh, of, uh, of uh, yeah, uh, Michael coming, the prince of Greece fighting the prince of Persia. So they're involved in spiritual warfare and in intercession when we're praying they're actively involved in bringing answers to us and fighting on our behalf when we're praying the question then is should we ask for them or should we ask them to come and I I don't know there's any examples of that in the Bible if if there are any tell me Um, uh, and it gets caught up a little bit with Roman Catholicism saints and angels and deities and things like this all getting mixed up together so if you think about the uh, Voodoo or vodun uh, from the Caribbean or Santeria or Candomblé from South America, Cuba, then what they've done is they've taken a lot of the Yoruba gods, Catholicized them, and so it happened in Europe as well that a lot of the saints, so St. Saint Bridget in Ireland is, is Birgit, the, the pagan goddess. And they just took over the legends and the holy wells and the holy sites for, Bir- for Birgit, and turn it into St. Bridget's well or St. Bridget's Mount or whatever it would be. So a lot of that happened not only in, in South America or Caribbean, but also in Europe as well. And so there's this kind of conflation, this kind of confusion between angels, false gods, and so it's kinda gets of, very complicated. So we have to be very careful when we talk about angels that we don't fall into anything that's syncretistic or blending Christianity and other religions. Do we become angels when we die? No. <laughs> I mean, it's folk religion. A lot of people say, oh yeah, we've become angels. And we don't. Jesus says we become like angels in that we don't get married, we don't have sex, all that kind of stuff. So the question then, of course, the implication for us is when we are resurrected with our resurrected bodies, will we be male and female? Will we be transcended more than male or female? So the very difference is is not necessary anymore Um, and that's speculation Okay, we don't know but it opens up the question for that for our own future resurrection bodies if we're going to be like angels and they're not married and they're not having sex and they're not sexed or gendered beings in the same way as we are but we're going to be like them in that respect we don't become angels but there will be a similarity in our resurrected bodies so we don't become angels yes go well, we'll be in the image of Jesus, yes. But Jesus himself says we will be like angels in this respect.
2: In that respect?
1: In this respect, yeah. But he was a man <coughs> and he was resurrected. Yes, he was. So I he was resurrected as a male, you mean? Yeah, yes, isn't it? yes. Isn't it? That's true. But yet we will be yes. not male, nor female. You
2: think of yourself as an amoeba it doesn't actually say amoeba.
1: <laughs> Jesus doesn't say you'll be like an amoeba. I'm just trying to use this idea of angels just to help me think a little. So, what what is it about angels? What is it about us? That's really you, and that's really about you being a male or female. And in this culture that we're in at the moment, kind of gender, non-binary genders, and all this, how does that connect with us as people in our resurrected state? what will we be like will the difference between men and women be transcended overcome in some sense, maybe fulfilled so we will be more male, more female I don't mean feminine and you know, pink and blue and all that. but just whatever it is to be a male or to be a female maybe that will be more true of us in some way, or maybe it will be overcome, speculation but we do not become angels Because a lot of people you talk to say that, especially at funerals, they become an angel. I'm not saying at a funeral you go up and say, "No, you're wrong." Okay, because that's upsetting. Okay, be tactful. But it's just in our talk as Christians, we need to be careful how we speak because we have to speak truth, and we have to be careful of the words that we use. Um, And there's a lot of folk religion around warnings in Hebrews I mean Hebrews chapter 1 is full of warnings about and this is why I'm talking about not speculating um, it says um, he talks about to our fathers There's a, in the early church there's a big thing about angels different religions different kind of influences which we'll come to maybe in a minute or two um, and he says but for which of the angels did God ever say you are my son you know he says when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And so, about the Son, he says, your throne O God will last forever and ever. So he's really just drawing out the difference between angels and Jesus. And Jesus is more important than them. angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So there are angels sent to serve us. But Jesus is more important than the angels. And it is possible for Christians to get so fixated on angels and any kind of spiritual phenomena and experiences, that we lose touch with Jesus. And I think, you know, times are probably true for me, that I've got sort of on different things in the spiritual realm and spiritual life, that God kind of wants well, this is really exciting stuff, you know, brilliant, and I'm forgetting about Jesus. <coughs> so they're there to point to Jesus, they're there to worship Jesus, he's superior to the angels, he's not an angel, <coughs> and this is part of the reason uh, the book of Hebrews is written in this section to say and explain, he's not an angel, he's higher than the angels. <coughs> in the Old Testament, though, there's a figure called the Angel of the Lord. <coughs> and this is a pre-incarnation manifestation of Christ. So when the Angel of the Lord stands up, we talk about Jesus in a pre-incarnation. The incarnation is when he becomes flesh. But Jesus is <coughs> eternal. Jesus has always existed. He's never not existed. He's always been there. And so he must have been doing something, right? So <coughs> there are pre-incarnation appearances of Christ. In human form. And so the angel of the Lord is a reference to that. We talk about that technically as a Christophany, an appearance of Christ. A theophany is like an appearance of God. If there's a cloud of smoke, that's a theophany, an appearance of God. These are appearances of Christ, a like Christophany. <clears throat> I'll show two slides. But we'll come to the final one in a minute. Um, very, very briefly, but just there are distortions, as I said, right at the beginning, in our image of angels. So I've just gone through. The, the, the kinds of angels the functions of angels the relationship of us it's and good. angels the relationship of angels to Jesus that he's more important and there's distortions so a positive influence is that uh, when it talks to Ezekiel about the, the wheels within wheels and the, the chariot there and the cherubim also, what kind of going on there it might be there's an influence from Babylon and the idea of God's riding in chariots if you go to the British Museum you'll often see carvings of their gods in chariots but around the time of the New Testament uh, just afterwards there's uh, two religious influences called Gnosticism and Neoplatonism I'm not going to go into them in great detail but they believe there's a difference between the spiritual and the earthly realm and the spiritual realm was more important that sounds good, it It sounds like Christianity doesn't it, but it isn't because you were created with a body so the physical really important, and guess what when you're resurrected you're going to have a body. So they, their basic idea was you need to escape from the body, escape from the physical realms with pure spirit floating around. And, and They had different ideas of how you achieve that. <coughs> and they call that dualism between spirit and matter. <coughs> matter is bad. Matter is evil created by an evil God. And the good God, like the God of the Bible will help you to get away from the bad God who's created the physical creation. That's one of the ideas they had now today's world we think matter is great because we just love eating feeding ourselves and they believe that from the, the God there are different emanations or rays if you want to call it that and there are different levels of intermediaries and beings down to us so between us and God there are all kinds of spiritual beings and to get to God you have to go through all the different spiritual beings that's part of the difference between the spiritual realm and the physical realm now that was happening around the time of the New Testament now we know we can have direct access access to God through someone said it? Jesus. Jesus! Okay, Sunday school lesson, the answer is always Jesus, okay? We have direct access, we don't need to go through, de- we go through angels, we don't need to go through saints we don't need to go through priests or anybody else we have direct access, this is a kind of false teaching but it meant people were fascinated by angels, angel for this angel for that, angel for other. <clears throat> sentimentalism picture there, you know as a sentimental twaddle This kind of you know kind of angel figure <laughs> the renaissance uh, the movement in western europe european intellectual artistic history you see lots of pictures of cherubs have you ever seen a picture of a cherub? it's a baby with little wings
0: and they're yeah, disgusting right. you wouldn't get
1: far off the ground sometimes it's just a baby's head with some wings yeah. and they call them cherubs And they, putti is the, the italian and they are cute and they are nothing to do with the biblical image of a cherubim in the Garden of Eden with a flaming sword right, so they've completely got that image from maybe Greek mythology and kind of revamped it in the Renaissance so a lot of the images you get on Christmas cards, of cherubs or in carvings and stained glass windows have nothing to do with the biblical passage at all a cherubim, to bless, to protect to be generous <clears throat> angel with a sword at the gate of the Garden of Eden so that we have to be careful where are we getting our information from the Victorians brought in the idea of female angels Now nothing wrong with females, I'm married to one okay, I'd, get in, I'd get into trouble okay, if I said there was but the point was it became a, a fluffy sentimentalised weak picture of a woman not a strong picture of a woman delicate, Victorian kind of thing <clears throat> And superstition, fairies and pixies. What is at the top of the Christmas tree? An angel or a fairy? It's both, isn't it? I mean, the people get mixed up. They say, I've oh, got a fairy in our Christmas tree. It's an angel, but I've like got a fairy there. Because it's become interpenetrated, this idea of the fairies, angels, pixies, flabricorns, you know, spirit, little spirit beings. And angels, they're all kind of belonging to the same kind of sphere and level of reality. And we're just absorbing that. And certainly non-Christians are absorbing that. And it all gets mixed up in a mush in their heads. So we just need to resist it. It's kind of historical implicit. More cultural ones, a bit more intellectual, but Carl Jung, the philosopher, talked about archetypes, and he often talked about in terms of angels being archetypes. If you have a dream, he said, of, uh, of an old man, it's a figure of wisdom, you know, and this kind of thing, a lot of dream interpretation, which has nothing to do with the Bible, but just methods of doing it. The New Age movement, a lot of stuff about angels, Meeting angels, your, br- your car breaks down, someone turns up, helps to push it to the garage. Even an angel, why don't you just zap the engine and make it work again? I mean, if it helps you push it to the garage and then it vanishes, oh, it was an angel. It worked for me. Did it really? you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new age, I knew you were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, there's lots of stories around. If it's not tied into the Bible, it could mean anything. Did yeah. they say that some of entertained angels unaware? Yes, that's true it so, yeah. could that be someone turns up and it helps it could be i'm not going to deny that angels turn up because the bible tells us it does but i think there's a lot of stories which are schmaltz and kitsch within some parts of popular popular spirituality today where you can buy books in the new age section of the bookshop or amazon and uh, you know you know <laughs> angels you know and it's got nothing to do with the scriptures I think we need to tie in our understanding from the scriptures, being open to s- spiritual encounters with angels, but not believing every spirit, but testing the spirits, <laughs> because some of it's just delusion, delusion. Um, and we need to be quite—I'm—I'm I'm a skeptic about most things, uh, prophecies, visions, dreams, angels. Dreams, I'm a skeptic. You know, I've, I've seen so much twaddle out there. Uh, you know, we cast demons out regularly but a lot of things that people think are demons they're not You know, people think they see angels it's the trick of the light I saw I was at a conference once and was say, there's angels here and uh, he said look at these lights in the ceiling and these lights are moving around and everyone's going wow is amazing <laughs> the cars were going past, <laughs> and the lights were being reflected on the ceiling of the room.
2: And I was like, "What these idiots?" You know,
1: I didn't say anything. So it's unpolite, you know, but I just thought this is crazy. I mean, yeah, there are angels around, but that wasn't angels. That was something else. Um, <clears throat> and so, in physics, Matthew Fox, Rupert Sheldrake, talk about field theory, whatever. Um, and that there's some kind of time between angels and contemporary uh, theories of physics. Panpsychicism is the idea that every flower, every tree has got a spirit. That's kind of <clears throat> not a Christian idea, but doesn't the Bible say that the trees will clap their hands and the hills will jump? And Can you imagine what that's going to be like when the hills jump <laughs> and the trees clap their hands? Because they haven't got any, but you know what? they're going to oh, Something's going to happen. <laughs> Stones are going to cry out. I mean, so I'm not saying it's the same as pantheism. Okay, get you worried, but um, just this kind of this idea of angels and the spiritual dimension of reality, just a bit more uh, bigger kind of pictures. Um, modernity and post-modernity. So modernity is the idea. I'll give you my, my dance. Okay, I used to do this in college. So <clears throat> what you've got is you've got pre-modern, modern, and postmodern, Okay, so pre-modern is uh, truth comes from the religion. Your elders, your ancestors, tradition. That's where truth comes from. Morality, all that comes from the past. This is the dance, okay? Uh, modernity says truth, morality comes from science, logic, reason, okay? Technology. That's going to give us the answers. Postmodernity, the next step of the dance, says actually, science has led to the ecological crisis, you know. And you can't get morality out of science, anyway. So there's not actually any truth in science either. So what we've got is just complete <coughs> relativism, or whatever you like. Pick and mix morality. You prefer this? I prefer this. You prefer Buddhism? I prefer Christianity. Hey, it doesn't matter, you know, because there's no real truth. What it means is I quite like the stuff from the pre-modern because it's nice stories. But I don't believe they're true. They're just nice stories. And a lot of people live like that. They have a, I have a friend. He lives opposite me in the block of flats where I live. He's uh, he's an expert on artificial intelligence at Cambridge University, I and mean, he is a brain box. Okay, he also practices Kabbalah mysticism, kind of semi-Jewish kind of occult thing. He's also into Zen Buddhism. They're flying across the Atlantic, him and his wife, regularly to go see their master, who teaches them Zen Buddhism. So he's hypological, modern, but he's also dabbling in all this pre-modern stuff as well at the same time and doesn't see any contradiction now that's postmodern. okay so what you've got is in modernity the scientific bit is reality becomes disenchanted there aren't any pixies there aren't any fairies there's no angels there's no god it's just an empty universe it's disenchanted but then in postmodernity, it gets re-enchanted because hey we can have a crystal in our workplace in the office maybe some of you have got friends who have a crystal on their shelf in their office. Do they believe it works? Well, it would be nice to believe it works. You know? Does it or not? It doesn't matter. It's just nice to have that. It's crystal. It's supposed to have occult properties to bring you luck. Do they really believe it? Nah, it doesn't matter. It's just a nice thing to have, you know? So it's re-enchanted. <clears throat> and Pentecostalism, proper spirituality, kind of bringing all that back into so angels, are part of that. Final slide. A bit late. Sorry about that. I want you to discuss this one. So, Daniel talks about the angels, the princes of the nations. Relevant for a city like London, Babylon, Tyre, and Nineveh are also all referred to as spiritual beings. So our cities also can have angels or fallen angels over them. But also there are angels of the churches. Book of Revelation. Letters written to the angels of the churches. A bit of debate whether it means the human leaders of the churches or angels. Or just a personification of the churches. But usually in the New Testament, angels means angels so
2: <laughs>
1: your church I will advance to you this is my last thing has got an angel
2: yay more than
1: one I hope <laughs> and, well, an angel for your church when you turn up on a the Sunday there's thousands and thousands of them but you've got an angel for your church but those seven angels in the book of Revelation there's only one that didn't have a problem all the other six have problems so your angel might have problems <laughs> okay, might have gone a bit off course, and these letters were written to bring them back on course. So angel analysis is a useful thing to maybe just pray and think into for your particular churches I think. So, if if our angel, if I knew what our angel looked like or what it was like, or what state it was in, you know, if it had wings, other wings, kind of. Feathers falling off, you know. Uh, what state <laughs> is it in? Uh, is it a bit kind of blotchy now? You know, what state is the angel in for your church? And, and that can gives us then a strategy for bringing renewal. Because the angel <coughs> in the book of uh, Revelation it represents two things. Now I'm going to ask you to do something for a couple of minutes. It re- represents the vocation of your church. And the vocation combines the calling. And the context. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So imagine that every church is different, right? <clears throat> and should be. One church might have a counselling centre attached to it because that's its main mission. Another church doesn't have a counselling. It does counselling, but it doesn't have a counselling centre, right? It does as a brilliant worship group. The first church it worships, but it doesn't have a great worship group. It's put all its resources into the counselling centre because that's God's call on that church. The other church worship band, you know. Big PA system, you know, professional musicians, you know, fantastic. <clears throat> but they're not very good at counseling. Every church has got its own vocation. <clears throat> the vocation is confined to its calling in its context. So imagine you've got a counseling centre in the centre in say on a housing estate in Lewisham. And imagine another church in the middle of the countryside. It's got a counselling a counseling centre in the middle of the countryside among a bunch of millionaires. Same ministry, same calling to counsel people, but the context is different. The kind of problems they got are different. I mean, you might say millionaires don't have a lot of problems, they do. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they, they do. <coughs> it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, Jesus said it. So, but the way it's worked out is different. That's the vocation of the church. Okay, and the angel. If you read their letters, what they're called to do, and the particular problems that they're facing, the context and that's what the angel represents for your church so I want you just to get into pairs again and just talk about if there was an angel I believe there is, for your church what would it be like? be great yeah, fantastic <laughs> are, what are the problems it's facing in its context what are the challenges what state is it, a bit poorly is it, has it got coronavirus You know. Uh, <laughs> what, how is it doing? And how can you minister to the angel of your church? (laughs) (laughs) What letter would you send?
2: I'm a bit confused. I thought the letters were to (laughs) the church.
1: Did you know, the the letters were to the angels. It says to the the angels. So, it is to the churches, but it's to the angel of the church. It says, um, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right to the angel of the church in smyrna right so i'm writing a letter to the angel of the church now if the angel represents the vocation of your church then i'm writing to the church as well because the angel represents the vocation calling in the context of your church so
2: you're always saying that angels
1: yeah
2: have problems mm. I've always understood that as a way of addressing the church. Well, it is. And therefore not to do it at the angel. I mean, I'm I'm not against believing that there are angels
1: connected. Well, that's why I've got here it could be the personification of the church, representing the church. It could be an actual angel. Some people think it refers to human leaders of the churches because the word means messenger. Um, I'm saying what I'm saying is that it's. Uh, have you ever had double vision? Anyone had double vision? Any?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. What was it like? Nasty. Nasty. Yeah. But if you're is looking you at me you? with double vision, what would you be seeing? Two. Two? Yeah. Two. So, talking to the angel, sending a letter to the angel of the church. It's not. Ju- and what I'm saying is, it's not just one thing. And not just talking to an angel, a spiritual being, or just the body of people in the church. It's all blended together in a scriptural, biblical perspective. Angels are not just a being here. There's an angel of a church, which represents, I would say, the vocation of the church, the calling of the church in its context. But it's an important question because there's a lot of different meanings going on in the Bible at the same time. Yeah? <coughs> Let it, let it percolate a bit. Let it kinda of mush let it kinda of mush around in your head and let it just kinda of see what happens, you
0: know? I, I just,
1: sometimes the Bible's hard to tie down to one meaning. It's got lots of different levels. You know? So get a two couple of pairs just for a couple of minutes, share that and then we'll finish, okay? It's 4 plus 9, so we
0: we'll finish now. Mm-hmm. If there's an angel at the
1: church, what would you do with it? One question. Yeah.
2: There are fallen mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. angels. Exactly. So, uh, they have pretty much. Um, I don't know. That's the only script I can think of, where really. It has pretty much. But I'm, I'm saying, if they're meant to serve us and stuff like this, are they doing it willingly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And they and are they're, they're serving constantly. And are they doing that yeah. and What do you have to say? The origins of... no, the origins of, the is important. The origins of the demons is a controversial thing. Are the demons fallen
0: Angels?
1: Some we'll people think they are.
0: Okay. No. What,
1: what does the what, what does Bible say? Well, that's the question. And it doesn't say much, does it? It doesn't say much. Oh, okay, no. So, there's some bits which suggest it might be fallen. So new, uh, and your angels have free then, okay, if Forget well, fallen. <clears throat> well, this is the thing. Um, what we know about angels at this moment, yep. get the fall, yep. is that they, this is what they do. They serve God, they serve, they us. serve us, they glorify God. Yep. Do they have free will? Do they do that willingly? Well, you'd have to say yes. I mean, you're not going to praise God, uh, I mean, it's not going to be real praise if you're unwilling. Correct, right, yeah, yeah. Glorify God. Yeah. I mean, you'd be bowing the knee. But you're going, I hate this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be worship you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you weren't with yeah, it. Yeah. So, there yeah. yeah. must <coughs> be
2: an attitude. That will give and so forth the personality, I'll you know. Okay. And that's where you can split between eight and a half. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, only refer saying? back to it's content. It's not oh, speculation. Exactly. Well. That, yeah, yeah. No, I was just testing your knowledge, obviously, you're
1: very knowledgeable within the Bible. You find people who are absolutely sensitive. yes, they do. Oh, no, no, no. no. Sure. I just wanted to know your understanding. You
2: got the latest question, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Thank you, you. No way, no, no, no. no, no. You answered it, you answered it. You're it. it an answer. Thank you. Just give a minute. Hello! <coughs> <No>. H- <laughs> I think so. want
0: to head a or oh, yeah. attitude in, in that way. I'm I am speaking
2: of a negative attitude. Uh attitude. What no, 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 no. character then? Yeah, they they got, no, got a no, bit of character, no, yeah, not anarchy, yeah, yeah, they got character, yeah. they got good personality absolutely. about it. Alright, cool. No, I'm speaking anarchy. Well I I'm done with this chat No, not like that. Uh uh makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Good characters.
1: Bring us to I can agree with that one Okay, I'm just going to leave you there but I'm just going to ask for a couple of minutes
2: um,
1: any questions a couple of people have asked questions and I did not know the answer, so that's fine um, but any questions anyone's got about anything to do with angels or anything I said tonight just for a couple of minutes if you've got anything you want to ask we've got time just to do that Yes uh, My gut reaction
2: is that the skepticism that you are taking Things down too
0: much,
2: right. partly because apocalyptic uh, literature might have been, new. and I know theologically you could say, yeah, the horse knew this from the Old mm. Testament. Uh, but at on one level, it was—it uh, is speculative. Yes. And so there must be room for that. I'm not, and I know I absolutely am with you on the nuttiness because I've heard all that nuttiness too. But I almost feel. The spiritual world down, so <coughs> have to judge it. Mm-hmm. But to dump it down <coughs> too much, mm-hmm. maybe squash it's wisdom. Isn't let, it? Let, me,
1: let me say that So, for for example, I give you the example of the woman that had the oil and the harm, and you know, yeah. that. maybe that worked for her. Yeah. But for her, in her book that I read to say, this is the way to do
2: it oh yes, no, I don't agree with that <clears throat> so, so again,
1: yeah. in terms of angels you may have an experience of an angel, you may have an experience of how prophecy comes to you but then to say this is the way prophecy comes to everybody
0: no, I, I wouldn't right, really exactly,
1: so that's what I'm trying to I'm yeah. trying to bring it back and say okay, there may be things that happen yeah. <clears throat> there also may be speculation that it's fun to do, yes Right. <clears throat> there is obviously speculation within the Bible itself. I guess I'm I'm unwilling to turn any of our speculation into doctrine.
0: Oh, right. Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> so that's that's why I'm that's why I'm very cautious, and and, and I've I've seen a lot of things, um, and you've seen the nuttiness as well, and so I, I'm actually very cautious about spiritual phenomena. Um, and I don't see people get into trouble with it. So. And
2: God is going to speak to us individually, <coughs> individually in yes. a language that we that's understand. Right. So that that's right. example I was giving to you earlier of Nadine, what's his
1: name? Yes. He saw those little angels around yes. his daughter. That, to him, was absolutely right. the language that God needed that's to speak right. at that time because that's what he understood. He was a Muslim Christ guy, a, moder- a, a nominal Muslim no, yeah. guy. Yeah. Muslim his, wife, his daughter died yeah. and he saw some a vision of tiny little angels 18 centimeters (laughs) centimeters. (laughs) tiny little angels and you think okay and and that persuading about the reality of the spiritual realm of God gave his life to Christ he's part of a church it's a brilliant testimony does that mean that angels are 18 inches 18 centimeters tall well they don't if this is right they don't have a body so they're not You know, they could be huge they could be small they could be amoeba size They, they could be you know the size of a mountain I mean Whatever, you know, so just then say that is the way angels will appear to everybody,
2: yeah.
1: that's where I'm.
2: Yeah, and he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't. He absolutely no. did not. <coughs> no, didn't. That at all, I did. mean,
1: he's and almost skeptical about his own experience, exactly. really. Mm-hmm. You know, is this, was, it, was that this real? This is what I <coughs> saw. I know
2: what I that's saw, right. and this was real for that's me. Right. And that's,
1: that's right. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's wrong. Yeah. So that last discussion point, Steve, mm-hmm. um, were you implying that the. Yeah. <laughs> So God appoints an angel over Forest Hill Community Church. Mm-hmm. Were you employing, uh, implying that that angel may have its own problems with God? So God says, I want you to be over Forest Hill Church. And he says, oh, I don't want to be over that. I'd rather be over some other church. And, and he's kind of, you know, off with God. And that affects the church. Were you implying that that could be the case? <laughs> Speculation. <laughs> so when we think about the letters of the churches they are describing real human problems in the church so false teaching, morality whatever Um, so it's talking about real concrete things in the church, at the same time it's written to an angel and I'm wanting to stay with the uncertainty of that Okay, what's what's, what's going on there in that letter but there does seem to be a sense if I write a letter to an angel of a church, and that church has got problems. That somehow, I'm writing to the angel about the problems in the church. Uh, does, is the angel disobedient, or are there problems with the angel? Um, if the angel represents the vocation of the church, then there may well be problems with the angel if you see the angel as representing what the church should be doing at the moment. We, we at first <coughs> yeah. assume that what the angel would reflect the condition of the church. Well, that's if the church is enthusiastic, the angel would be yep. great. Yeah. If they were not doing anything, yep. the angel would look a bit raggedy. Yeah. It's, yeah. Could be a bit depressed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know something. I mean, yeah. we're talking kind of in picture language, yeah. and the Bible talks in picture language. Yeah. But I think <clears throat> we can address, I would say, the angel of the church and try and describe what's going on in the church in those terms. I think it could be helpful in discerning where should we be going next as a church, as an exercise in prayer, listening to God, but discerning what what the calling of the church is in our situation. But
2: then is it that you praying to the angel, not to God? I mean, <coughs> I can almost see maybe God saying to the angel, "Do you realise this is what's going on and to do something about it?" But if you're getting us to address the angel, that's not addressing God, that's going to another <coughs> being well, which isn't God and that to me isn't well,
1: scriptural well, Jesus <laughs> commanded John to write to the angel of the churches now the question then is, and it's a valid question do we have the authority to do that as well if, if, if we're prophetically gifted or listening to God are we allowed to do that like John did um and that's a valid question
2: maybe we can write
1: but not pray we're not talking about praying to the angels anyway, but it's addressing them Um, I guess a parallel well, I guess a a difference I'm I'm telling them sometimes only a letter to them um, but I'm not praying to them Uh, John isn't praying to the angel of the churches Um, in a similar way, I might address, speak to a demon, to get out I'm not praying telling you something um so i'm you know i'm I, i'm wanting to keep it and this is not not nailing it now, not getting it too tight in this area so uh, can, I,
2: can i make a comment yes the fact that this is the revelation, visions, John, that mm-hmm. is then written to <coughs> the churches. Mm-hmm. So, Forrest Hill, you're going to get a letter in your hand, mm-hmm. and you're going to read it out, mm-hmm. and in that letter, it will say some of the things that God is very pleased mm-hmm. about, that yes. you're doing well, mm-hmm. but he's also going to highlight some mm-hmm. of the things that you're not doing well, mm-hmm. that there is room for great improvements. So perhaps, and um, this is a speculation, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. perhaps really, what... By addressing it to the angel, there's no finger pointing. You, 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 know, you, you. and you. So he's 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 writing mm-hmm. to the overall spiritual the well, uh, mm-hmm. spiritual condition mm-hmm. of his church.
1: That's a really good that mm-hmm. I, really mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that you said about you're not pointing the finger at mm-hmm. this person. You know, but it does actually point well, some, it some it individuals. It yeah, does. It, but, it
2: does. But, but
1: you know, it kind you of gets away examine from that. But okay. well, like that. Any other questions about anything at all? Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. You. I thought it very challenging tonight. So thank you for the questions. It helped me to, to think things through. It's been very valuable for me just to have those questions. So thank you very much.